Hammond signed to Guess Book for us now and joining us here on the score. Guy that you know and been wrestling for uh, many years, not a uh, lot, many, many years, but many years for sure. And is a guy, Barry Horowitz, joins us here on Thursday Night Slam. Barry, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jay. It's uh, always a pleasure. And, and uh, you could find him in a lot of the independents and also abroad across the country. And uh, name some of the countries that you've been in as of late, because I know you've wrestled other places, but just give us an idea of the, the travels of a Barry Horowitz. Uh, as far as uh, locally wrestling in my home state of Florida and then all over the United States and then uh, going abroad, I'm going to Japan in a few months and uh, supposedly Germany too in the next few months also. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not going overseas like I used to when I worked for the WWF because we had uh, many tours over there as far as, you know, going to Germany and London, Singapore, Hong Kong and so forth but uh actually um now that i think about it i think it's about neck and neck i did a lot of uh, independent work as far as south africa and austria and japan and stuff away from the wwf so uh it's been back and forth you know i was talking to mike modest last year on uh -huh. the independent show and he was telling me how much uh, appreciation that he gets from the Japanese faithful, the people that uh, come out to the Egg Dome in Tokyo or mm -hmm. some of these other places. He says that he is more comfortable wrestling in Japan or Australia or some of these other places than the United States because they appreciate uh, the arts of professional wrestling. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate I like the American way because uh, I was broken in that way and so forth. It took me a little bit to get used to, but if you're a sound technical wrestler and you know how to work, you could make it in Japan. Uh, you know, if you're you know if you're just a gimmick and you can't work, you're not going to make it in Japan. You're going to be on the next flight back. Uh, I could go either or. Uh, I just like I like the American um, I like the American way as far as being the heel and playing the crowd and so forth. But as far as appreciation. For my technical sound wrestling, I, I like Japan also because the, they'll judge you, and they and they have the right to judge you, those people there, because they're very honored that you even come to their country and so forth. I mean, they step aside on the sidewalks and, and so forth. I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the number one sport there, um, I think, is sumo or baseball. And then uh, I know it's sumo, baseball, and pro wrestling. <laughs> In that order. I don't know if it's in that order. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. All right. You know, you have wrestled um, as a professional wrestler and as a sports entertainer, I suppose. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, can you tell me the difference between the two and what you're more comfortable with? As far as, okay, you mean as far as amateur wrestling and professional? <laughs> no, professional wrestling and, you know, obviously uh, Vince McMahon has coined the frame, phrase sports entertainment. Right. Uh, and I think there is a, a vast difference. Tell us w what you feel the difference is and whether or not you have to adjust your style if, to be a sports entertainer. Well, as far as sports entertainer, uh, as, as far as that, uh, I would consider myself that to a point. I mean, I wrestled amateur for six years, and uh, which is nothing compared to Kurt Angle or uh, Scott Steiner or... Um, uh, God, there's Bob Backlund and Jack Briscoe, and then you got uh, your new guys uh, as far as, uh, I'm trying to think of his name offhand, um, the NCAA champion. Um, Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar, thank you. Um, when I come down there, as far as, I, my style is, is the, is the heel, the bad guy, and I mix amateur wrestling with professional wrestling with some entertainment. 
uh, you know, my pat on my back and as far as working to people. So I, I, I give the people, I, I, in my opinion, I give the people their money's worth. Plus, I'm a legitimate wrestler and I'm a legitimate pro entertainer. You know what's interesting about you? When someone mentions your name, the first thing that pops in my mind is some of the odd pitting combinations that you come up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, if someone played Word Association, I would come up with that because that was that's always been fascinating. There's n- I've been watching wrestling since the mid-'70s. I've never seen someone with as many different combinations to pin someone like you. Where did that come from? Well, a lot of it is, you know, it's uh, I've always been hungry for the, wrest- the wrestling business and I have a passion for it, and uh, I've always wanted to be a pro wrestler since I was 15, and being an amateur wrestler, and I, I've always, I've watched different greats in the in the sport as far as, uh, you know, uh, I never wanted to copy anybody. I wanted to be Barry Horowitz, and that's why I'm going with my new name is Mr. Technical, Barry Horowitz, and um, just watching people like Don Morocco and uh, Bob Orton Jr. and Ted DiBiase and... Mm-hmm. Ronnie Garvin and stuff, just take a little bit from all of them. And over the years of traveling for 20 years, from from wrestling in every state in the United States and wrestling abroad, I, you know, between that and watching clips and, and hungry, and still am the same way and still add to my repertoire. In fact, since I have not been with the WCW or WWF, I still added to my arsenal. That's want- because I'm still, because I still, I still want it and still... Um, strive for it. Barry Horowitz with us here on Thursday Night Slam on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Jay Hood. You know, um, I want to find out, because you travel so much, do you get a chance to watch the WWE on a on a weekly basis? And if you do, what do you think of it? I don't watch it. Why is that? Uh, number one, <clears throat> nothing against it. I've made most of my financial gains through the WWF. I'd rather call it WWF. All right. That's what I was uh, brought up on and accustomed to, and and that's who I worked for. I never worked for the WWE, if you want to get technical. <laughs> okay. Pardon the pun. <laughs> I understand. Get the F out. All right. But uh, I just, um, as far as I, I don't get to watch, first of all, I just don't agree with the format, okay? Uh, I think, you know, when WCW was about to end, or a year before, or when their ratings were right up there, when Monday Night Nitro was uh, born, and it was neck and neck, and then it passed uh, the WWF. You had sports, you had wrestling, then you had the entertainment, and you had a little bit of girls. Okay, now you're getting away from the subject completely, and you're just going for ratings. Which, if that's what makes you money, and that's what you want, that's fine. But when i got to hear people in my hometown and at the gym, how come there's no wrestling on the WWF? I go, I don't know. Now... I've, I've, I've flipped through the channels. Now, when I see somebody like a Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. and I see a Kurt Angle, or I see, uh, I don't want to, I'm just trying to, just off the top of my head, I use Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, or someone like a Perry Saturn, or uh, Chris Jericho. I will say, or um, I saw something uh, with, um, I'm trying to think, Christian, Christian mm-hmm. and... Uh, Edge? Edge, okay, Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edge is the one I'm talking about. When I see a technically sound match, I will stop and watch because I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it, that's what I want to see. I want to see wrestling, and there's a little bit of entertainment in it. 
Yeah, that, that is true. Um, you know, I argue with the fans on this show talking about uh, the difference between SmackDown and Raw, and I mm -hmm. believe that the majority of the uh, quote-unquote wrestlers mm -hmm. are on the SmackDown product. I just think that when you see uh, Benoit versus Angle like it uh, took place the last uh, pay-per-view at the Royal Rumble, see, I appreciate that kind of matchup. That's the kind of wrestling sure. that I grew up watching. Well, Jaders, you, you got, you know, variety is what makes the world turn, but, you know, uh, I think Vince has got his, his audience tuned to what he wants them to tune into. Or he's changing with the times. But I, I've always believed what Nick Bockwinkle told me a long time ago. I'll never forget this. He told me in uh, Louisville Gardens. It wasn't that long ago, but maybe 10 years ago. And he says, basic wrestling will come back. It'll always come back. And I've never changed my style. I've added to my arsenal, and I do a little bit more high-flying stuff. But I've, uh, I've never changed my way. I'm not going to either. And, and then uh, there'll be people say, oh, there'll be people saying, or they're doing this or doing that, and I've been doing it for years. Or they'll say, uh, old school is out, and then old school is in. You know, right. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ludicrous. I wouldn't recognize you if you changed your style. What's that? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't recognize your if you changed your style to, you know, obviously you could always change your personality if, if you agree with creative. Sure. But, but the thought is, is that if you wrestled any differently than what you have been since I've seen you, right. I wouldn't recognize you. I don't think you would get over either. No. No, no. I've, I've probably since you have seen me, I have added to my arsenal and just a lot of different uh, pinning combinations. I'm doing more submissions, uh, a couple of high flying things. A lot of people go off the top turnbuckle. I go off the second turnbuckle with a drop kick now or a flying uh, Luthez press and so forth. Because a lot of people, uh, everybody's going to the top. I try to be different, mm -hmm. and I try to be very, uh, very, very different in all my matches. I try to change up everything. Barry, when you were with the WWF and, mm -hmm. and um, you were winning a, a number of matches, they put you, uh, try to put you over with the fans. Mm -hmm. Did you appreciate Vince McMahon and Creative trying to accentuate that you were Jewish by having the star on, I believe, on your trunks at one time? Mm -hmm. Did you appreciate that, or was that what did you think of that angle? No, I liked it a lot. I was I was happy that after all these years of never giving up and always striving and always being ready and being at and being a true professional paid off, finally. I mean, I, you know, I just, uh, I liked it that they recognized me. I wish they recognized me sooner and appreciated my talent and, and, and actually uh, could have kept me longer, too. Uh, well, they had you at, I mean, I didn't like the angle. I, I liked that you were winning. Yeah. But the point I didn't like is that yeah. it was like one of these, uh, you know, one, two, three kid things where, hey, you know, here's Barry Horowitz with another upset. I mean, well, Barry Horowitz has been around a long enough to, uh, that I've seen where I he agree. can just win matches just on his own ability. Sure. If you want to go with the storyline, they just couldn't have me win instantly after losing all these years. So they had to make a storyline. Now, nowadays, I could just come out on TV and just win. There's no storyline. Right. See, that was in 95 and 96 we did that. Now... It doesn't make you could be you could be losing fifty thousand matches on Tuesday, Wednesday, just win one with no storyline, which I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. I I agreed the way they did it with me. It made the people. I got over with the people. As see, I was a heel for all those years. They made me an instant babyface, and it got over with the people. I think it was done properly. I really do. And they took their time with it too, which they don't do that no more. No, no. I mean, they took a lot. I, I was in a bunch of pay-per-views with that angle. I mean, I was the captain of my team in the Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. I was in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I was in the second highest paid grossing pay-per-view, which is 
the SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. WrestleMania is number one, SummerSlam is number two. And I was a featured match. So it did take me a lot of, I got a lot of coverage on Raw. I got a lot of coverage on Superstars. Um, and uh, it did take me, I just thought after the angle cooled off, uh, I still think they could have still used me and did things with me like they do other people. Barry, after all the losing that you had gone through, I mean, obviously the paycheck is still good no matter mm -hmm. what the result is. Mm -hmm. But had you ever had any um, arguments or, or misunderstandings with WCW or some of the other organizations that you've been with saying, you know what, guys, you know, you can use me. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm better than, you know, me putting all these other guys over. Has that, ever, has that ever happened, in which you've had a, a problem and actually went into the offices and told them, you know, I'm better than this? Well, you, oh boy, that's a, tricky, that's a tricky thing there. You know, some people could get away with that, some can't. I looked at it this way. There's always got to be a winner, there's always got to be a loser. If I was there to make guys look good, and that was my job, and that kept me under contract, and I still had competitive matches, well, that's my job. There's got to be somebody. Don't... If it's not me, it's be somebody else. But I think I was the type of person that could make you or break you. I could carry the ball. I could be up on the card, and I could be low on the card. It was up to their decision. Mm -hmm. um, if you talk to them, sometimes it would do you good. Sometimes it wouldn't. Um, you know, they're going to do what they want. If they, if they can't see talent in me and see how hard I work and my punctuality and my professionalism and my work ethic... Well, then they're blind because Stevie Wonder could see that. Well, the reason why I ask that question is because there are so many guys that, uh -huh. you know, you watch a match and, mm -hmm. you know, I go to the arenas and, and saw you uh, perform at the Allstate Arena, the formerly the Rosemont Horizon, and uh -huh. seen you wrestle in this town. And I'm mm -hmm. like, there's so many guys that Barry's better than. I said, and I just would shake my head after the, the finish, and I'm like, oh, yeah. what the hell is this? Well, I could, see, <laughs> you know, you got, a, you've got valid points there, Jay, and you're totally right. But I could have did one or two things. I could have gave him a hard time and maybe uh, not been under contract or maybe maybe been under contract or it's, uh, they know it too. They know mm -hmm. it too. I, I won't mention names, but, uh, um, oh, heck, I could, I could do that. I'll mention names. I don't care. Uh, it's Go ahead. Big, yeah, it's not a big deal. I, I was working in Augusta, Georgia, and this was only a few years ago, doing a Saturday night uh taping uh, for WCW, and I worked uh, Evan Courageous, mm -hmm. which, um, I remember that. yeah, I'm sorry, but he has, first of all, he has no respect, and he starts calling the match and uh, not asking me any, you know, I'm not a superstar, and I'm not a super veteran, but I would never do this, and to this day, if I went up to, had to work with Ric Flair, or had to work with Mike Graham, or Kevin Sullivan, you know, what do you want to do, whatever, I would be respectful, he, he starts doing this, doing that, and of course, the whole match got messed up because he's green and he forgot everything. I walked in that lock. I walked in the, the office there, and Arn Anderson was there and there, and he says, he says once again, they put the wrong guy over. There you go. <laughs> How about that? And see, Arn knows it too, and Arn knows me, and I respect Arn. I respect Arn immensely, and right up there with Ric Flair and. Kevin Sullivan and Terry Taylor and everybody that was involved in that office. I, I can't say too much about Eric because I really knew him two years and I've only spoke to him once. He's never, you know, people have asked me this, this, and that, but he's never did nothing to me. Uh, he signed my contract and uh, I talked to him once at, the, at a show in Florida and that was it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
that I have nothing to say, nothing uh, derogatory towards him at all. Barry, has there ever been someone uh, in your travels mm -hmm. uh, in wrestling that continue to have their personality and, the, and their, their particular, the way they carry themselves in the ring, outside the ring? I mean, I've heard stories and read books about how wrestlers have a, a certain uh, demeanor, and, mm -hmm. it, 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 and it was their same demeanor when they left the arena. Is there someone that was just such an ass that he continued to be the same character he was when he wrestled? Mm. No, there's quite a few of those. <laughs> uh, I know you're not one of them. No, I will honestly say that. And you know, if people are out there listening, or any of the wrestlers are out there listening, unless they're out to bury me or just knock me, I don't take my gimmick home with me. I'm Mr. Technical at the ring, and I work my tail off 150%. I am a real athlete. I am a real wrestler. And I take this partly my career as 80% of a shoot. I prepare. I'm not out to, you know, stay in bars till 4 or 5 in the morning and then make a show the next night. When I get into a town, there's a couple things I'm looking for. My hotel room, a gym, possibly a tanning facility, and food. When I'm done with my match, I go back to my room. I need eight hours sleep because when I was working for WWF, I was on the road two or three weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. Now, to, so be it to other people that want to blow money, that's, that's fine. I mean, if that's their deal, that's fine. And... If that's how they do their work ethic, that's fine. Well, I don't operate that way. And you know what? It's taken me, I've been in this business 20 years, and I'm, I'm in better shape now than I probably ever have been. And for my age, I could, still, I could still be on Monday Night Raw right now, and I'm not bragging. If they wanted to do that, fine, with my style. And I've watched different styles, so it doesn't, you know, you could do any kind of style as long as you do it properly. But most guys my age with my injuries have, are out of the business. My only, my main injury was a neck injury. My neck was broken, mm -hmm. and I was out for 10 months. Mm -hmm. But it's all completely healed and mended, and that was surgery done several years ago. Well, Barry, we just wanted to get you on because, uh, listen, I, I wanted to give you a call. To, first of all, I'll tell you a happy new year. And also, oh, and also, we just want to keep in touch with you because sure. we want to find out you know, where Barry Horowitz is. One of the guys well, I, I continue to follow as a, as a kid. I'm, uh, I'm dating you now. Uh, as a kid, when, uh, I, when I enjoy watching you over the years. Well, I just wrestled in Chicago last year at a big indie show. Um, I was a semi-main event, and the main event was Carino and Lawler. I forgot where it was. I, I, I'm sure I have it in files. Mm -hmm. It was last year, and it was for, oh, I forgot the group's name now. It's a big Chicago indie, mm -hmm. and there was at least 2,000 people there. Mm -hmm. And that was because it was cold. Uh, it was like below zero. Day. The guy expected about 3,000 to 4,000 people, which isn't bad for an indie. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's pretty phenomenal for an indie. And I was in there, but as far as Chicago, uh, I remember Chicago well because I, I think I've wrestled in every major facility. You've had the, the, uh, this is the IPC Pavilion. Yeah, UIC Pavilion. I, uh -huh. I wrestled there on a Halloween Havoc. Mm -hmm. I wrestled in the Rosemont Horizon hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was involved in a pull-apart between Rick Rude and Randy Savage there mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving Day when they used to do the Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. When it first was born, it was done the day of, of Thanksgiving because we would have uh, catered food and turkey and so forth. Mm -hmm. But now they let it, you know everybody go home to their families, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. And in your new building there, which is called... Um, the uh, United Center. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember the last time I went there, I guess that we were on the highway, and there's a sign that tells you the temperature was 5 degrees. 
I don't know if it was on the way to the building or on the way back. <laughs> and I remember also that one of the Freebirds showed up that night, uh, Buddy Roberts. Mm -hmm. He was saying hello to uh, uh, Paul Barra, a.k.a. Uh, Percy Pringle. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's, I, I think that was in 96 or 97. See? But that building, that building is, is magnificent. I love the locker room and the people and the fans and everything. But uh, I, I would consider Chicago one of my one of my big towns to go to is right up there with Madison Square Garden and the, the Spectrum in Philadelphia and so forth. Barry, thanks so much for being with us, man. We hope to talk to you again. Oh, thank you, and thank you for having me on the show. Barry Horowitz with us here on Thursday Night Slam on Sports Radio 670 The Score.